What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 13 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. As always, I'm Tim Geddes. I'm here with one half of the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty. Thanks. I don't, I'm not comfortable with that term because I feel like it puts too much pressure on me. But see, that's the thing, though. I'm the one putting the pressure. It's oh, not okay. you saying it. Okay. It's me saying that's it. That's fair enough. So if anyone has issues, they can take it up yeah, with me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. And next to him, Dan Reichert himself. Hello. Dan Reichert. How are you? And then... Alfredo Diaz. Hey, beautiful. Back again yep. on the Kind of Funny Games cast. You should go follow him over on Twitch at Alfredo Plays. Yep. Where he does a lot of streams. He's been streaming Lots for of, us a lot, too. So hopefully we did Bloodborne been, last yeah, night. Bloodborne. Ooh, that was fun. So, yeah, he's going to be doing uh, whatever new games come out. He's going to stream them on our Twitch channel. Yeah. And then. Appreciated. Then, exactly. It's great. And then he's going to stream on his uh, uh, Twitch.tv slash Alfredo Plays. I was texting him yesterday because I was like, don't feel obligated to do this. Because he, he, oh, yeah. he texted me something I was like, like, this is going to suck. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't feel obligated. You don't have to do it. He was, was, he was enthusiastic about yeah, it. Yeah. He's and I was like, dude. no. Yeah. He, he likes, to do, likes to do good things. What a rush. So, that uh, game is. so guys, before we get to the show, there's the rigmarole. We got to go through mm. and let the people know mm. how they can get this show. The show happens every week. It's the first ever episodes each and every week. And then what happens is on Friday, you can get the whole thing early at patreon.com slash kind of funny games. But if you don't want to do that, you can wait till next week. It goes out on YouTube at youtube.com slash kind of funny games. And then on iTunes and all that stuff. And it's really cool. And everyone gets to enjoy it and have fun. Right. The reason we get to do this show is because of cool, cool help. From people that are supporting cool things like Crunchyroll. I'm a big fan of Crunchyroll. We uh, a couple weeks ago we were talking about them. They're an anime site. They do a bunch of. They have so much anime. It's even uh, Attack on Titan, which is the one I recommend. Mm. So you guys should definitely check that out. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think about it. If you go to Crunchyroll.com/slash/kindoffunny, you can get a 30-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium. What does that allow you? You ask, Colin. Yes, I it do allows ask that. you. It gives you uh, zero ads, 1080p quality, which is the only way to roll. I don't go for anything anything less than. 10 oh, you're years. one of those guys. Oh yeah, um, and uh, even the shows that are airing in Japan right now, like Fairy Tale, with a, a boy Michael Jones over at Rooster Teeth does a voice for that. Um, if it comes out in Japan, we get it here within an hour. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Professionally How subtitled. How do they do that? I don't know. Time magic. <laughs> time manipulation. Time I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> they, 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 they do. They do really good stuff. So again, crunchyworld.com slash kind of funny. Thirty day trial. You should do that. Watch Attack on Titan. Let me know what you think about it. I actually really like Crunchyroll. I legit use them. So that's kind of smart. I like. I could sit through ads, but 1080. I'd, I'd pay for a good 1080 right? quality. If there I'm watching go. through like a whole season, like mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm committed. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when Crunchyroll came to PlayStation platforms a couple years ago. I I spent quite a bit of time with those mm-hmm. guys. As they were rolling things out, because obviously I was our PlayStation editor at IGN. As they were and rolling ro- things out. Yeah, rolling things out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I went out to lunch with them, and I saw their office stuff. There really is, like, an authentic passion for, like, anime well, thing, fans. Like, the their thing is it's there. made, it's anime stuff by fans for fans. Yeah. And, and, you could see, and, you could totally, and you could totally see that. I actually really appreciate that. Yeah. They were fun to work with. That's cool. And then the uh, the other thing is our boy Peach Goblin Poop. Yay. Alfredo's Peach Goblin Poop. Yes, he uh, has this new Simple Mind EP. We've talked about it before. Definitely check it out. Our fans have been going over to his site and like commenting on it, so keep doing that because that's it's really cool. Um, you can support him at bit.ly slash peachgoblin. It's the best way to, to reach his EP. Or hit him up on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash peachgoblinpoop or on Twitter at peachgoblinpoop. So what's the story behind his name, by the way? I don't know. I've been wondering. Uh, Do you know? Uh, no, I don't. I, w- I will one day ask him. But okay. even though he's a pretty chill dude until he spills your drink on yourself. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. spills your drink on yourself. He spilled hit your drink, drink on you. Yeah, he gotcha. hit my drink on me. Yeah. All right. I well, understand what you're saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. What yeah. them peach goblins do, I guess. I guess it's either so. Or that. 
The name right. Peach Goblin Poop, by the way, just reminds me of like a, like an it, iteration because his name could have been Peach Goblin mm-hmm. or Goblin Poop. Oh and yeah, then, and then it, it's like the when when you know Puff Daddy became Diddy. Yeah, it's just an, an iteration. He just he's doing things. Yeah, I mean he really is the Diddy of our generation. Yeah, if I you agree. Think about it. It's like when you make yeah. a gamer tag, but it's taken, so it suggests a bunch of different names. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, maybe you want Pete Goblin poop. poop to the end of it. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's, That's good. Really, instead of numbers, they should just add poop. And and then the final thing, Dan, you're working yes. on something. Yes. Worked on it. It's done. The work's Worked done. On. Oh yes. my god. I don't have to do any more work. That's that's good. What yeah. is this? Lucky. It's a book. Uh, yeah, it's my technically fifth book, I think. Fourth one in paperback. Um yeah, it's weird. I'm most for those that know me, it's mostly like goofy, jokey Dan on, you know, Giant Bomb. For those that and, don't know you. Yes. So I, I'm on giantbomb.com. I'm on the Giant Bombcast every week. Do a lot of quick looks and videos for the site and all sorts of different podcasts and things. It's a lot of good stuff there if you guys want to check it out. Mostly video game related, but we uh, we go off topic a lot. Um, Sounds familiar. Yeah. But yeah, it's like my, my whole career, it's just been very, very jokey and very silly and stuff. And I wanted to kind of yeah, test some range or whatever and talk about something serious. And for 12 years, I've had anxiety disorders. And for somebody that's frequently in front of a microphone or in front of cameras or crowds or whatever, it's been an interesting thing dealing with that. And over 12 years, I've gotten much, much better with managing anxiety through just a lot of different things I learned work and what doesn't work. And so I wrote a book about it. So it's just like it's 70% kind of like a autobiography chronicle of those 12 years, 30% kind of self-help, like the methods I found that really do help out with it. And, you know, without these methods, I wouldn't be able to be on podcasts mm-hmm. or new panels at PAX or whatever. And I just wanted to help people out with that because when I was 18 and first started struggling with it, I didn't know what it was. You know, I, yeah. I didn't know how to talk to people about it. I didn't know about anybody else with this issue. So I, I wanted there to be a book out there that wasn't from some, like, self-help guru, yeah. Tony Robbins, Deepak yeah. Chopra guy. I'm just a guy that it's likes video somebody, games. Exactly. Someone like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured that would be more relatable. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just I wrote my story, put it out there. It's, on, it's in paperback right now and on Kindle. It's called uh, Anxiety as an Ally. So if you just search Amazon for Anxiety as an Ally, you'll find it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's been out for about a week now. It's doing great. Feedback's cool. been awesome. So, uh, yeah. Definitely check that out. And, Kevin, to, can you make a note to, like, thank yeah. you? I'm about to pick that up because, actually, my brother-in-law of eight years suffers from anxiety, like, attacks. And so, which is very interesting because my sister is just like me. She's very outgoing. And so she's always out doing stuff without him. So, yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. Yeah, I've dealt with that. And I've seen that, like, firsthand. Yeah, and there, there's different severity, too. I mean, they, there were days where, when it was really bad, I could not go out and talk to people. You know, I couldn't go to a class. I couldn't go to work, uh, much less, you know, go out and do this kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, even if it's pretty severe, like it was when I was 18, 19, 20, like, that stuff can get, you can get over that stuff mm-hmm. if you use the right methods and stuff. So, yeah, there, there's hope with that stuff. So that's that's my rare bit of serious stuff. So <laughs> got that book out there, so now I can make yeah. dick jokes for the next hour or whatever. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> so getting right to the dick jokes. All right, sweet. Topic one Topic from one, dick at jokes. Warp Jump. He wants to know, if you could have a perfect launch title lineup for the PS5, what three franchises or games would you like to see the most? Now, I'm going to widen this to the PS5, Xbox... One, two? Two? Twelve. Xbox 12. What were the... What were the um, Code Xbox and Pure stuff. and Xbox Infinity were the big ones, and everyone swore that it Infinity, was Xbox. I remember, it was like almost confirmed. Like, it's going to be Infinity. <laughs> uh, yeah, so let's just, I want to call it Xbox One, too, though, I think. Yeah, let's go with Xbox One, two, the PS5, and then the Nintendo, whatever. I'll just say an X. An X. Yeah. Is it spelled out one, then dash, number two? Yes. Okay. Just like, like a Final Fantasy. Like 10-2. Well, like, yeah. well, like, actually, yeah. I, want it, I want it to be like a superscript, uh, mm. like oh, to the power. Mm-hmm. Okay. Squared. I like that. Um, I like this question a lot. All right. Because Where should we start? PlayStation? If you want. Yes. 
when you think about the launch titles for PlayStation devices, um, I actually think that, and I've said this before, I think Vita actually had the strongest launch lineup of any PlayStation device, but um, when you go back to think about PS1, you had things like Toshin Dan and some real, just like some bullshit. Disruptor was an early game. Uh, but there wasn't like a lot of... Uh, Disruptor is Insomniac's first game, by the way, in case people are curious. But um, there wasn't a lot. There wasn't an established first party at that point. So that that's not a good example. Then PS2 had a lot of games, but a lot of random Fantavision. games. Fantavision was an internal Tech game. Tech and Tag Tournament. Yeah. Time Tech Splitters. Tournament. Yep, Time Splitters. SSX. Yeah. Summoner like, and, and, and stuff like that. But I don't... Uh, and Smugglers Run and stuff. But like I, I think PS2's launch lineup to me was about volume. It was not about quality. And I don't think that good games really start... Like really good games really started to come to the console until... You got Animusha and mm. a few like it took a while, in my opinion. But it had some, yeah. it had some seven point five and eights. Yeah, it was launch seven point fives or eights. You know what I mean? Like Fair. It, was, it was in the summer that you started seeing like Gran Turismo three and Twisted mm. Metal Black, and then obviously later you had like Metal Gear two and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the time PS three rolled around, first party was more um, was going a little harder. And Sonic's not a first party studio, but Resistance is an exclusive. That was a launch title. They had Motorstorm from Evolution. I think before they even owned Evolution, um, so things got things were kind of weak. PSP had a pretty decent launch lineup too, um, and then I think Vita had a really strong launch lineup. I think PS4s was pretty good. And I don't know if you guys agree with that. I think that Knack wasn't a good game, but Killzone was a nice game to launch with. Uh, uh, Killzone Shadowfall, Resogun is still I think the best game on the console, and that was a launch game. Um, and there was a few others. So when I think about the 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 perfect launch lineup for PS5, let's say it comes out twenty twenty one. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's going to be a pretty long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You would want to think that they would have something like Uncharted ready. And I, I think that even though they are going to leave Uncharted, I think, after Uncharted 4, I think it would be time to maybe reboot it or go back to the story or tell a different story. And Uncharted, I think, with the exception of Gran Turismo is, and maybe God of War is probably their biggest franchise. So mm-hmm. I think you would want to have something from that. And, and even though they, they won't give up the Killzone Ghost. So um, you want to let go of that. And then it's funny because on Colin and Greg today, uh, Dan and I were talking about the getaway a little bit. And it, wouldn't it be awesome? I really loved the Getaway on PS2. I think that was a really special game. It was a little under, it was a little undercooked, um, but it was a special game. It wasn't the grand Grand Theft Auto we thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but it was it, it was almost like it was almost like a Guy Ritchie movie, and that's what I really loved about it. It was almost it had like a very Snatch vibe or yeah. a very Lockstock vibe, and I think it would be awesome to have a huge open world exclusive like the Getaway as a launch game. And I can't when when you brought this question, I was like that would be one that I would bring back. That would mm-hmm. be an IP I'd bring back the Getaway. Um, I think would be um, really, really, really cool. And then uh, I would bring back Resistance. I think it's. I think at that point, you, Resistance had been dead for a long time, and you and you reboot it and give it maybe to another studio. I don't think Insomniac would want to do it anymore. So I think if you look at uh, for PS5, I think a strong launch lineup for of three exclusives would be Resistance. Maybe just call it Resistance Fall of Man again. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Getaway, and you just call would you it, call it that Fall of Man again? Yeah, Fall of Man again, and, <laughs> and, and, and in parentheses. Yes, I like that. Like with an ellipsis. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you'd have something like that, and then I think something like Uncharted would be would be perfect. So I mean, that was that's what, how I stand. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I mean, do you think Uncharted is a launch game? I think that if I think that if The Last of Us wasn't so late in the PS3 generation, I think Sony would have fallen over itself to have Uncharted as a launch game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just a matter of like what's ready to go. Infamous was supposed to be a launch game, and so so was Drive Club. So it's just a matter of what was available at the time. Yeah, Uncharted was a launch game for Vita, Golden Abyss. Yes, that's true. And it, I think still, the, that's a great point. I think it's still the most console quality game on the platform mm-hmm. and still one of the best games on the platform. So I think it, you, it couldn't hurt. That game also sold over a million copies on, on hmm. Vita. You know, for me, I think that like no matter the system, whether it's Xbox, Nintendo, or PlayStation, 
gone are the days of Mario 64 where it's like you're getting that one title that's just amazing and that's the reason you buy the system. They're always every launch is just going to be the here's 10 games. Mm-hmm. They're okay. They're Three all, of them are sports games. You have exactly. one racing game. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's like so just by the books. And it's like that's why I think there's no room really for an Uncharted. Like the Uncharted's almost I mean Vita's an exception. And I mean, I guess that it, it is a real Uncharted game, but it's still not. No, you know it, what I mean? It like, it's really. it's kind of like a. It is canon, but it's not. Yeah, it is, but it is it's an not Naughty Dog game. a new game. You know, well, it is a new game. But yeah, it is but not it's a not Naughty like, Dog game. It's not like an Uncharted sequel it. game. It's more of like an Uncharted point five game. You know, it is a spinoff. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't think we'll ever get that uh, a real Uncharted, a, like a real Mario launch game again. You know, like when's the last we never got that. I think the last time you got, like, a absolute classic as a launch title might have been the first Halo. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of, like, something on that level of oh, Mario 64, Mario World. Yeah. You know, even, like, Dreamcast had Soul Calibur, you know, like some all-time classic. I That's a great – no, I think, I think you're right. I think that – I was going to make the point for if Smash was ready on GameCube at launch, that might have been comparable, but I don't it was think – close. But yeah, but it, it, it was, like it was Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. a technically a launch game. But yeah, we got Luigi's Mansion, which is, like, not yeah. a Mario game. Monkey Ball. <laughs> We did get Monkey Ball. <laughs> um, yeah, Alfredo, so, like, with Xbox. So, yeah, I know. When you said that off the bat, I was like, oh, my God, like, let's get it. You know, like, just hit the wall real hard with, like, Halo and stuff. But it's like, wait a second. No, I'd want that to be a year or two after the console's release so that the developers can actually get their hands on the systems. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with just launch titles, I, I agree with you. I'm just used to just be, they're being like, all right, here's 10 games, you know. A little bit of everything. Here's the new Call of Duty. Yeah. yeah. You know, here's a new Call of Duty, and here's a bunch of sports games, maybe like an action-adventure game. And honestly, I'm okay with that because I get I get really excited just having a new system, you know what I mean, and kind of playing with all the new features and stuff. Um, well, and the way you talk about, like, here's 10 games at launch, and then a year from now, here's the big, big game. Mm-hmm. I think 360 did that. So 360 yeah. had, you know... You had stuff to play when you brought it home, Call of Duty 2 yeah, and everything. Duty, yeah. And then, like, a year American after Wasteland. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Gun. Yeah. <laughs> and then a year later, I know Spring was Oblivion, but then uh, Gears of War came that next holiday season. So yeah. that was the first, like, okay, they've, they, they've got this the system figured year. out. This is that big title. Mm-hmm. But you had shit to play until yeah. then. Yeah. I feel like just give me games that uh, – give me a variety of games and that will show off, like, what the system's capable of. But really follow it up strongly the next year with, like, here's the hitters. Mm-hmm. And, like, here's, like, really, we're, we're pushing the console. We're understanding what the console's capable of. Yeah. I mean, you know, going back to the Wii's launch, uh, like, with Twilight Princess, that's an interesting thing where it's, like, simultaneously the start of a new generation and the end of the last generation. And it's, like, you know, a lot of people kind of look at that as a bad thing. But it's, like, in a lot of ways, it did – I was excited to play that on the Wii – yeah. It was a nice one-two punch with the Wii because you had the obvious, you know, Wii Sports, I think, had the appeal to casual gamers for sure, like that new audience that the Wii brought in. But also me, like, I liked playing it. That was a fun thing in college, like, after the bars, we'd come back and do Wii bowling and Wii tennis, but then you also had Zelda. Yeah. So you, you've got that one-two punch of, like, the most casual and the most, like, gamers game, you yeah. know? They did a good job with that. Yeah, I think the Wii was a pretty solid launch overall. It yeah. was, but it was because of what was bundled in with it, and I wonder if we were answering our own question before when we were saying, was there a ubiquitous game that was launched for the console since Halo, and it was Wii Sports? Yeah, you know, like, yeah, I, like yeah. I, I, I wonder, I mean, Wii Sports is arguably, I think, actually, if you count bundled in games, the best-selling game of all time. Um, so it's like, it's got to be something like 85 million or yeah. something like that, The which is, like, fucking incredible. Um, I, I just... I understand what you guys are saying, but I do question the wisdom and why you can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. That if, like, a console... Like, the first parties have access to these consoles very early. I know that. I mean, we all know that, right? Like, 
Shadowfall didn't just come from Guerrilla. Shadowfall was in development since like 2010. Mm-hmm. You know, so like they they knew what was what was happening. I think that what I would love to see is a synthesis of both. Like we're almost like this is just the way it is, and so this is the way it is. And like what I would say is like, why not have Halo ready for launch and then Gears the next year, and then and and that would give you something right off the bat to justify your purchase because we talk a yeah. lot about PlayStation Four about how it sold so well without any games, and like I, I think that's obviously a, a, an overstatement. There are lots of games on PlayStation 4 that I think are worth playing that are fun, but I think that Bloodborne might be the first one that's really, really, really a system seller, like authentically a system seller. I actually the, bought a PS4 because of Bloodborne. Yeah, and I think that Uncharted is <laughs> obviously going to sell a lot of PS4s too, um, and until Dawn, I don't think it's going to, but that's going to be another exclusive, but mm-hmm. it took us a, over a year to get to that point yeah. when maybe it would have been nice to have that game right off the bat. Like, why not have that game right off the bat? Yeah. Vita did give us that game right off the bat. It didn't work, obviously, but... So it's you know when a game like Infamous comes out, Second Son is I think the worst Infamous game. It's a it's a it's a good game. I liked it. It was just a little under again undercooked and mm-hmm. I don't know kind of empty. Um, so if it's not ready to go, don't put it out. But why can't why not prepare a, a great AAA launch exclusive? Why yeah. not? You know, and then you can you can still have that game a year eighteen months yeah. out like Bloodborne. Well, so okay, moving on to Nintendo like with the NX. What if they did just do uh, the Galaxy sequel? And what if that was the one game? Because you, you do have to imagine that that, you know, next real Mario game... Because, like, 3D World exists kind of, like, halfway in, in between. Whereas, like, it was multiplayer-focused. Yeah. Like, I don't view 3D World as the follow-up to Galaxy 2. Mm-hmm. But, like, that has obviously been in development since Galaxy 2, I'm sure. That's, yeah. that, well, well, I might be wrong about that because that same team worked on 3D, 3D World, I think. Well, didn't they do 3D Land and then 3D World? Yeah, I think World? they did. So, yeah. you know, who, who knows how long it's been in development. But it's fucking in development. Mm-hmm. So, as much as I would like to see one of those games on the Wii U because it would be weird to have a whole console generation come without a, a real full, new Mario yeah, experience. single player focused Mario game that would be a pretty badass launch game for whatever the NX winds up being yeah and it's it's surprising I, I wouldn't see Nintendo doing that like I so far I mean at least the last couple generations they haven't it's always been like a down the line you get the Mario game but like with Sunshine and then Galaxy but I feel like that would be huge for them they need that like they they should look at the NX and treat it more like the 64 where it's this is why you're buying this game. We don't need to do all the sports games and all the other stuff. Like here is the one game you're gonna buy. Buy the system. Buy the game. But are those big Mario releases? Are they as much of a big thing now? Like to us, to people who you know grew mm-hmm. up playing those games, yes. That like we want that bad. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But you look at the sales, and I think that like the new Super Mario Brothers games, like New Super Mario Brothers Wii, sold way more than Galaxy on the same system. Hmm. So I almost wonder if these huge, big, epic single-player Mario games that we want, yeah are still what they the, used to be, you know, a Mario 64 That's caliber. interesting. I would love to look at the sales numbers for, like, New Super Mario Bros. Wii U. Uh, oh, yeah. U, yeah. Whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Yeah, and see, like, how well that did. I don't know. That is interesting, though. I mean, Galaxy still sold super it did, well. It did well, yeah. So yeah Galaxy it's just like, too. you're just comparing it to, like, yeah. freaking but, craziness. But I think the new one sold significantly better. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Which I, I like those games, too. Yeah, me too. But... I prefer the big yeah. main series stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bigger question you guys brought up and I never even thought about is, if, are we really going to go with the entire Wii U generation without a Mario? And I think I think the answer might be yes. I, I think that like they really have to cl- carefully consider what they're going to do with every game after Zelda. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Wii U is, is not going to sell any more than it's selling right now. It's just yeah. not going to happen. So it's 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 the the, the die is cast. Yeah. If, if Smash and Mario Kart didn't help it and they didn't, then it's not going to move any more units, and you have to be careful not to relegate your games to a system that no one wants. So. I never thought about that. Yeah. That, like, Zelda might be the end of the road. I mean, I honestly, like, we talked about this in the Reacts video we did to the the NX news, but 
will Zelda pull a Twilight Princess and also be mm, on the next system? Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's a good point. I wonder. I, I hope not, because I, I I found I found that that, that annoying in a way, like. Especially because the GameCube version was fucking rare and I couldn't find it and I had to play it on Wii and I didn't want to play it on Wii and like all that kind of stuff. Um, so I hope that they don't do that again. That was a that was a bit of a that was a bit much for me. That was a bit of a cop out. Just inverting the game to make Link a, a righty. Mm-hmm. It's like, like that was so weird. That was so weird. You know, I was like, ah. but they, they didn't want to strand their game on that hardware. And I don't yeah. really blame them. So it is an interesting conundrum that they're in. It's a good problem to have, I guess, in a sense, even though it's also a really bad problem to have because the console's already dead. Mm-hmm. Um, Here, here's all we got to do if we want to have a great main Mario game on the Wii U is when Mario Maker comes out, we all sit down in a room for a weekend and we make the best Mario game of all time and share it and then everyone will have a Mario game on the Wii U. Call it a day. I'm <laughs> really looking forward to that, by the way. That's going to be I'm great too. for That's going to be great yeah. for Let's Plays. Where we can make a, we can use one Let's Play to make the stage and the person doesn't see it and then they have to play then, it. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be great. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, we were just talking about Zelda and the Twilight Princess thing, and that was pretty much one of the first re-releases of a game, like an HD re-release, even though it wasn't HD because it was to the Wii. The second topic for the day is HD re-releases. So this week, God of War 3 remastered announced. Batman Arkham 1 and 2 rumored to be coming out soon. There's some talk about a Mass Effect trilogy. It's just like, all right. Devil May Cry 4. Devil May Cry 4, which we already knew about, but there was like more news. Yeah. It, didn't DMC just come out? A definitive Edition came out like a couple weeks ago, or yeah. one week ago or something. And so Borderlands Collection just came out today. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like, holy shit. Everything is getting an HD remaster or upgrade or whatever the hell you want to call it. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? And what games need it? I, I was telling Colin this morning that I think it works best when there's been a certain period in between its release and the re-release and, and also the game benefits from it. So, like, let's say GTA V, there wasn't much space between it, but they added that first-person first, first person mode. That mm-hmm. was a big thing. Uh, I was telling Colin that one of my favorites was Beyond Good and Evil HD because it had been long enough, and I had never. that was one of the, like, holes in my gaming history is that I never played Beyond Good and Evil, and everyone loves it. So by the time it came out on XBLA, it was like, okay, it will look better than ever, and this will be my first time playing it. And now, you know, I love that game. It was great. So ideally, enough space... And some actual added functionality. Whereas you talk about stuff like Arkham City, if they just re-release that and don't really add anything, it's like that came out a couple fucking years ago. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. I don't think we need that. I completely agree. And also at the same time, it's like, man, Batman. Like if they release an HD remix now, it's like I would rather prefer one being further down the line. Once like you know graphics are, are pushed even further, right at that point, and to see what it looks like then, as opposed to just a small, you know, small mm-hmm. little bump and update. Yeah, I mean, I'm actually on a different side of this. I love them, and I think that they're good. And like, it's just because I'm a snob when it comes to this shit. So just knowing that there's a better version out there, I'm like, I want that. But then that leads to bad problems where it's just like I find myself kind of waiting for that. Like I haven't played the Arkham games ever, and oh. it's like I want to, and I want to play them before Night comes out. But it's like knowing that there's this HD one coming out, I'm like, well, fuck, should I just wait and play that? Same thing happened with Tomb Raider. It's like I knew there was going to be an HD one coming out, and then it just leads to this thing where I never play the game. It's just like perpetually I'm just waiting for the better version. And then when uh, like what you were saying for Beyond Good and Evil, I played through the Kingdom Hearts games and I love them, but I've always been waiting for an excuse to replay them. And then they're like, all right, we're doing the HD remix versions. And I was super excited, but then it's like, oh, but they're not for PS4. And it's like, damn it. Like, I want to play it on PS4. I don't want to have to hook up my PS3. And it causes all these issues where we already dealt with this last generation where they took all the PS2 games, upgraded them to PS3. Now we're seeing PS3 games get upgraded to PS4. 
But now there's some PS2 games getting upgraded for PS4. Like Final Fantasy X. 10 and 10 2 come out for... They get upgraded for PS3. Now it's announced that's being re-released on PS4. With added shit. And it's like... It made, Damn. it made way more sense when it was PS2 to PS3 because like, I remember when God of War 2 came out because I was so excited for that game. But if I remember right, it was a few months after the PS3 was actually out. Mm-hmm. So it was such a bummer to like, oh, here's this game I want so bad, but it's on the last generation. So when they announced that HD thing, it's like, okay, this is how I wanted to play that game. Yeah. But God of War 3 still looks fucking awesome if you put that Amazing. in on a PS3. So yeah. it'll look a little bit better on mm-hmm. PS4, but that seems less necessary to me. I mean, then there's things like 60 frames per second and, yeah. and, and all of that stuff. But it's like, that's great and all, but it's like, we don't need that. But then the God of War thing is an interesting thing, too. It's like, wait, it's just three. Mm-hmm. You're not giving me the full collection that you've already released like 10 million it times? Make, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like, why? Why? <laughs> yeah, I think I've not been able to articulate it well because I really do have like a visceral reaction when these things get announced and it's getting worse and worse for me. Like, it just, yes, it commercially it makes sense. People are paying for these games and they're going to make money and these, and these publishers are going to make money on them. It's easy money too. And I don't think that, you know, the argument some people make is invalid that, well, these resources could be used to make new games. No, not necessarily. It's not like fucking, it's, it's not like Rocksteady's fucking porting these games over. You know, like they're not. So it's 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 a porting studio like Bluepoint or someone that's doing these things. This is what they do. There are studios that are designed, really good studios that are designed just to do this. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, that that's what they do and, and that's the nature of them in that ecosystem. It's just, I was explaining to Dan before that I feel like the way I can articulate it best is that when you release games like this over and over and over again, it just loses what made them special to begin with when mm-hmm. you got a collection. And I always bring back a game I know you really love, which is uh, Super Mario All-Stars. When that came to Super Nintendo, that was a fucking big deal, you know? Mm-hmm. And we had never really seen anything like that. And that was a really a revolutionary thing. And then they re-released it again with Mario World. where that, it was like, was, that was definitely the yeah. first HD like, and, remake. And I was like, this is cool because they weren't doing it for everything. They didn't do it for everything. You didn't see Konami do it with Castlevania or Capcom do it with Mega Man. You didn't see... You saw um, Tecmo... Uh, well, it was just Tecmo at the time doing it with Ninja Gaiden on Super Nintendo. But there wasn't this propensity to re-release everything and expect yeah. that well now it's time to bring it to this and now it's time to bring it to this and like so when God of, like Sony really is responsible for starting this unfortunately for them because God of War was really the first example of a game that was re-released last generation that was of the PS2 era generation where they're like we're going to bring the God of War games out and there was a reason for it is because God of War 3 was co- coming out so they're like well let's prepare you for this mm-hmm. but then and then they did it with Sly Cooper and it was like okay that makes sense and then they did it with Team Eco and I'm like alright that made sense clearly that was for The Last Guardian which never came so out here's Ratchet and Clank uh, and then Ratchet and Jack and Dax exactly and it's like alright guys and then everyone else started doing that Ubisoft's like oh what about Splinter Cell what about Prince of Persia and then Microsoft's like, well, about Halo? And, and they haven't done it. Surprisingly, I haven't done it with Gears yet. You have to assume that's going to happen. Yeah, um, and yeah. so suddenly, but then you look at it and it's like, okay, like Dan said, Batman Arkham City just came out. You know, like it literally just came out in like 2011 or 2012 or something like that. It's like, you know, and, and or even more egregious was like Sleeping Dogs mm-hmm. or Devil May Cry, like uh, the, the, DMC. the DMC. Yeah, It's like, guys, just stop and take a moment and wonder if you're using like precious... Mind share, and all that stuff. you know, like, yeah. like when, when, you know, I think Dan made a good point where it's like, we need more time and distance because people are like, well, what would be, what would be something that was exciting to you? I'm like, well, Final Fantasy seven coming out, even if they're not doing anything to it, that's exciting because we haven't played that on a console in a long time. You have to play the PS one classic. So it has trophies. It's the same thing, whatever. There's space and time. That's something we've been asking for and wanting tactics. I think would be another good example or symphony of the night, like re-releasing those games and putting them in widescreen or something like that would be really cool. Did that with tactics on PSP. Yeah. With the war of the lions. And I wonder, 
should we wait and be a little more selective? Mm-hmm. I would fucking kill for a Mega Man collection with trophies and stuff like that. But they haven't been running that into the ground and re-released it a million different times, so it's a little different. Like, I just think that there needs to be distance, and I think that you have to use that, that mind share a little more critically in the sense that not everything needs to be out. Yes, I understand people didn't own the own console, the old consoles, and people didn't get to play those games. You don't get to play. You don't. Well, you can get to play whatever you want. I don't mean yeah. it like that, but you don't have to play everything. It's okay. Yeah. We can make. I can make that excuse for literally any game. So mm-hmm. that cannot be the justification. I can say, oh, we didn't play Naughty Bear. We gotta have Naughty Bear back. Naughty Bear fucking HD collection. About you know what I mean? Soon. Running at twenty frames a second instead of five. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like you yeah. can make that excuse for a lot of guys. I didn't get to play Naughty Bear last generation. Mm-hmm. So it's got to come back now. Like, that's not a valid excuse. Like, what makes the game special and why does it need to exist today is the, is the question we have to ask. But I think yeah. a lot of that doesn't come so much from the gamers of them being like, well, I didn't get to play it. But it's more like the developers are like, fuck, they didn't get to play this game. Like, there's this whole new set of people that are looking for games, especially now when there isn't those AAA titles out there yet, where it's like, hey, we can now give the, these people these experiences we've already made. You know, that we want them to, to have as part of their experience to get them ready for Arkham Knight or to get them ready for whatever the hell the next thing is. Well, and keep in mind, too, that, like, last generation, 360 tended to be kind of the dominant one over PS3. And, and it seems like so far, Sony's getting way more coming this way. So there's a lot of people that probably have a PS4 this generation mm-hmm. that didn't have a PS3. So stuff like God of War 3 or The Last of Us, this might be their first chance to play it. So I, I do kind of understand them doing that on the Sony side. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is, like, I agree with what you're saying, but what he's saying about the fact that just this is the first time ever that there is that shift, well, not the first time ever, but it's the first time there's a shift from Xbox to PlayStation, you know? So it's like PlayStation has all these great games, and they're like, hey, hey, Alfredo, you want to play Last of Us? I know you have it because you've been a fucking Xbox forever, but it's like, no, you can't, you know? But then on your side, you get freaking Halo Master Chief Collection, with which, like, problems aside of all the, you know, the launch and stuff, that's a fucking HD collection, man. Yeah, but I mean, what, like... The focus is two, and that's awesome, right? Because like we're, we're bringing back two. The focus is like four. I'd be like, "What the hell are you doing?" Like, yeah, I, I, there needs to be time. Like, and if, and if given enough time, it's like there's a lot of want behind it. There's a lot of momentum behind it, and it's like at that point, I don't care if like you add a million features. It's just I haven't played that in a long time. Give it to me, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, I don't know. It's frustrating. Like Musha. I would love an Animusha. Yeah, I would love that too because there's been so much time that we went an entire generation without an Animusha game. There has been an Animusha game since 2006. So it's like, you know, that's that's the major difference is that anything can come back if given enough time. But I don't like the idea of just shoving things back into a next... Like, we were talking about with the pre-sequel, which just came out on PS4. That's a different story because that was so predictable that I didn't even bother playing the pre-sequel because I was like, that is absolutely positively coming out on PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. you know? It's too fucking weird that it's coming out only on PS3 at the time it came out, which was the fall, like right yeah. before the new consoles launched. I'm like, there's no, so you stay away from it with the expectation, and and I don't want those expectations. You know, I don't want to just be waiting forever for the definitive version of the game. Like, release your game as if it is the definitive version of the game, and if there's demand in the future, then release it, but give it give it time. Mm-hmm. You know, like that, and I think again that's why people are excited about Final Fantasy VII, even if it's not they didn't do anything to it. Because no one's excited about that. Colin. I think uh, I think a lot of people. I, <laughs> no one is excited about. I get this. a lot of tweets about that because people are like, "Well, we can't play our PS One classics on PS Four. We've been asking for something for them. This is them saying we're not going to give you what you want. But they can play it on PS Three. They can, but you're, you're. But that's the point you're making is that not everyone had access to a PS Three or a Vita or a PSP. So it's. But the point is, is that there's time, and that's a classic. So but, I mean, there's not time for that. Like that, literally, has been re released like on PS Three. 
PSP, you know what I mean? Like, they've done that, like, big marketing push a million times. This is the first time we're getting the PC version. Yeah, th- that's that no what I'm saying. Is that, but that's that's the point, is that there was a PS1 classic that was available on uh, relegated to certain consoles, but Final Fantasy VII has never been tinkered with ever. So this is the best you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I think that it made sense for them to do it as an... I actually give Square Enix credit in hindsight that... Um, people have been asking and expecting that they're going to make final remake Final Fantasy VII, and I think you can understand why they're not going to. Because first of all, that wouldn't inspire anyone at Square Enix. They don't want to do that. They want to make their own games, and um, you can never remake it in a way that's satisfactory. So you don't bother. Yeah. So you just say, "Well, here it is," just like they did with Final Fantasy X. They just put it in fucking widescreen. They didn't do anything in that game. They didn't talk to that game. They they upres the game they, and and put the international version. Yeah. And, and they totally the redid all the music. I they think did. I think you're giving it a little too much credit. No, this they like a, completely <laughs> redid the music. Tim, this was this was a hash job that they did, and they're doing it again on PS4. This is this, this the point is well, is that, the, I mean, okay, the re-release again on PS4. That's some bullshit. Because I think the only new function, if I read this correctly, is that you can switch between the new and old music. <laughs> the, the, the the point the point is is that ten they treated ten like even though they didn't do much to ten. They treated it like it was something special, and they made it in an event. They didn't just shit it out or whatever. And I, I give them credit for that, too. There was real, When we were at IGN, genuine and excitement. I remember wondering and asking aloud, like, why aren't we covering this game? Because well, people are really into it. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to just kind of take things as they come. Not everything needs to be re-released. I certainly question... I'm not a Devil May Cry fan by any stretch of the imagination, but when they're re-releasing DMC, Ninja Theory's DMC, two years after it came out, I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. No one seemed to really care much about it the first time around. I, I don't, mm-hmm. and, I'm not, and I'm not really trying to be super mean about it, but it's just like... The game wasn't a smash hit. You know, you don't see Sony going back into the Ninja Theory well and being like, well, let's re-release Heavenly Sword because we can. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I just want people to be a little bit more deliberate in the way that they release these games. That said, they exist. People are going to speak with their wallets. It seems like, again, like people want them. I just want it to feel special again. I want that Super mm-hmm. Mario All-Stars moment again. Or that God of War collection moment again. Where I was like, wow, I didn't expect that. Because now I expect it for everything. Everything's going to come back out again. What, like, what, what are we going to get Bloodborne on PS5? We're going to get... You know they're gonna bring back Mag and fucking SOCOM Four at some point or something. Like what? Are they, like, <laughs> like where does it end? So you say something special. Like what if it was just like a big sweeping thing to where it's like here is the Mario collection with Mario's one through three, World sixty four, you know Sunshine, both galaxies, like that, like that many. Is it a quantity thing for you? I, to me, it's not a quantity thing. It's just I mean that would be awesome because Mario is awesome and we we want more Mario. But again, I just want some. I want people to feel a little bit more reluctant. Let's focus on new games and new IP. Not making the argument that re-releasing these old games takes away from those ideas, but it certainly takes away from the marketing budget for those ideas. It certainly takes away from money spent on those ideas from publishers that are also paying for the re-releases. I just, like anything else, I do feel like it's becoming too much. And eventually, and the only way we're going to know, it's like with, with, with franchise fatigue, with games like Call of Duty, which is starting to plateau, you're only going to find out that it's too much when it's too late. You know, like it, the ball's already in play, and so I'm just interested to see how it all falls falls apart. But you know, Borderlands the pre sequel, mm-hmm. Sleeping Dogs, DMC, like these just came out. Yeah. So that that that's the only point I'm trying to make. If we want to go back and find some classics, Animusha is a great example, or uh, a really good example. Those are fantastic games, or even you know, like Perfect Dark or Jet Force or something like like these old N64 games that you can do something with, or. Um, Again, Symphony of the Night, like game, just give it some time, give it some distance, so let let people yearn for them and long for them, and then you give it to them. Because I don't think anyone's longing for DMC because you can just go into the store right now, find a copy of it on the shelf, brand new, p- 
put it in your PS3 and play it because you, it just you came can't out. Play as Virgil, come on. Man. Actually, you can. Oh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever the fuck. You can't, <laughs> you can't play as Lady or something. Uh, you can't do Turbo Mode, which speeds it up to twenty percent. There you go. And uh, there's some other skins and stuff. Yeah, I'm sure there's sixty frames a second. And 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 I, I want to leave it with this. And this is and, and and this is I think an important thing. And I just thought about this, but let's let's be concerned and remember the lessons of shovelware let's 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 remember the lessons of volume in terms of being too many games of washing the market with too much shit and how bad and detrimental that's been in the past for hardware and in the industry and it's in itself and these games for me are kind of shovelware you know like this is this generation's we shovelware are these games just coming out just just every game's coming out again and that's not ultimately that might make some people money in the short run but i'm interested to see what it looks like in three or four years what that market looks like and it's going to do it again. If there's going to be, I don't time. think it's going to go away. Like it's oh. just going to like happen again and again. But I'm eager for. I like going back and playing old games. Right, we just played all. I played eight Mega Man games on a Twitch stream last week. I love those games. Right, we we just did Symphony of the Night for our book club. I like going back, but let's also look forward and be excited about the games that are coming out. I'm I'm excited about the games that are coming out. If you didn't play the Arkham games, I respect that. Plug in your PS3 and play them. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't know. Whatever. I understand that it's a it's a losing argument. No, I mean, it's, it is what it is. All right. Topic number three for this week is what, oh, hold on. This, this one's from you, Colin. Oh. You're, you're talking about a little game that you like a lot called Singularity. Yeah, I do. I love it. Now, uh, tell us about this little dilemma we got going on. So I was a, I, I've been a big fan of Raven for a while, and Raven, I think, is the most understated and underappreciated of all of Activision Studios. Mm. Um, I thought you were talking about the Twisted Metal Black character. No, 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 no. And Raven may, has made a few. I mean, Raven's been in the id. Fa- was it kind of in the id family for a little while? Like, I think that they're in Wisconsin. I think, and yeah, I think that they they originally moved there because that's where id was, and they were doing like quake stuff, like quake mods and things of this nature and whatever. And then they kind of just spun off into their own own um, own studio at some point. And Activision got, they got involved with Activision, so they ended up making you know their own games. Um, at some point, I think in two thousand nine, they released a, or maybe it was two thousand ten. They released a game called Singularity. Um, and I really liked that game. Singularity was very different for an Activision published game because Activision's all about annualization. Activision's all about making money, and that's their right, and they do it very well. Uh, but Raven made this shooter about going to this Soviet-controlled island where you can, like, turn back time and do all sorts of weird shit, and Greg always makes fun of it because he knows I like it. Um, and Raven randomly tweeted out yesterday as the day we're, we're recording this that they're bringing singularity but they're going back is what they're saying this and they've released this picture of singularity now no one knows what this means god help me if it is a fucking re-release of that game. <laughs> i don't think they're gonna do a singularity re-release as good as that game is i like that game a lot too but but this was the big question was that i love singularity i really enjoy that game i recommend i highly recommend it i think it's a, i think it's a great game and, and I, i've turned many many people onto that game over the years um but it was a game that i didn't expect would ever come back no matter how much i loved that game i was like with resistance for instance i love resistance i'm a huge resistance fan i do believe in my heart that resistance will come back insomniac probably won't do it but sony's not gonna let that sit forever singularity was one of those things where i was like this game probably didn't sell more than a few hundred thousand copies that is nothing for activision mm-hmm. and they probably have zero interest in it remember that proto like they shut the studio down the prototype and stuff like that like and, and those games actually those weren't good games but they sold well so like they're all about you know when neversoft still existed they had neversoft making call of duty maps mm-hmm you know, like it was so like they're all about maximization. And when I saw this tweet, I was like, holy shit, they're going to bring singularity back, which is like a pipe. It was like when they released Mega Man 9. I, was like, I can't believe they're doing this. Um, 
And it, 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 so it brought up a very simple question for me. What is the game for you or the series for you that is dead that you'd be shocked but pleasantly so mm-hmm. if they were to bring it back? Man, I got so many. <laughs> my, my number one go-to is Amplitude. And I can't believe it's happening. Like, I cannot believe we're actually getting another Amplitude. I almost didn't. Yeah, I know. But that's ins- we, we are. Holy shit. That's insane. I feel like the PS2 generation, I've said this a bunch of times, it has so many games that are like that, where it's just these one-off things that happen that we're not going to get another one ever. This is a game, Downhill Domination. Fucking love that. Mm-hmm. Like, a, it's a bike mountain biking game. Fucking awesome. I put so many hours in that game. We're never going to get one again. There's no fucking chance. Probably shouldn't really. Was that an EA big game? No, or that they was did like Sled Storm. That was it was made by uh, Incognito. So they did right. They, they did War of the Monsters. Yeah, Twisted Metal Black, Twist Black, War of yeah. the Monsters, and then Downhill yep. Domination. Yep, yep. It was so good. Uh, I've got two. Surprisingly, they're both on Dreamcast. Power Stone. Oh, Power yes. Stone's awesome. Power yes. Stone is like the big only fan. yeah the only fighting game I've ever played, and uh, Shenmue. Shenmue was just. I think you'll get. I think you're gonna get Shenmue. Shenmue I do think there's really? a chance. I really? Mean, Shenmue is one of those weird games where it's like enough random people want it that it might just happen. I think it's just a very loud minority. I don't think like I like Shenmue. I yeah. would love a Shenmue yeah. three, but I think that we are few and far between. Really, I don't think that's gonna happen. I, I think it will in the sense that now that crowdfunding's a thing, well, somehow yeah. that'll happen. Mm. That minority is just gonna be really iOS loud. game. Yeah, no, whatever. Oh God. Surprise, they the mm-hmm. uh, mine would be PsyOps, the MindGate Conspiracy. Wow. Oh, you guys ever play that on that. PS2 yeah. and Xbox? Mm-hmm. Midway game. Uh, yeah, like Star Wars kind of force powers, but like really grisly kills and stuff. Uh, you could like go inside the minds of bad guys and make them jump off cliffs and stuff. No one really played it. You could that. play as a yeah. scorpion in it. You could do a coach. It was a midway game. Which oh, yeah. They did that all the time with, like, Blitz and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you could be Mortal Kombat characters. That game was incredible, and I bet with, like, a, a new re-release or something with, like, good controls or, you know, a sequel or something would be great, but no one ever fucking talks about the game, so that's not going to happen. Yeah. What about you, Colin? Singularity would have been one of the games that I would have checked <laughs> on my list. I really, I really do love that game. And I, I, I remember reading that. I remember someone, I was like, is this a joke? And, and what you were saying about they're not going to re-release... You know, it's kind of laughable to think that they'll make an HD an HD version of that game or a, a whatever 1080p version of that game. I think it's more laughable to think they're going to make another game. So, like, I, I actually, I, I in my mind, I'm almost like they're going to release an HD like a 1080p version. Of this <laughs> game. Isn't Raven doing yeah. like Call of Duty maps? Maybe it's yeah, like they, a map based on the Singularity Island. That or was something. the that was the last <laughs> game that they made. You know, was Singularity. That was the last game they made. What was before that? They did that 2009 Wolverine. Wolfenstein. Oh yeah, they did. Yeah, they did Wolfenstein and, and Wolf- X Men Origins. Yeah, they did X Men Origins and yeah, then Wolfenstein, which was actually good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I actually, bad. I like I like their I like their Wolfenstein games because they did more than one. And then yeah, and then they did Singularity, and that was and then they were on Call of Duty, Map Pack Duty forever. Yeah. Um, so like when I was thinking about that, just to be clear, like I think it's equally laughable that they would make a new one. Or just release like well, release Singularity HD. This was from the official Raven Twitter. Yes, and it said Singularity is back. Yeah, the phrasing. Because I, I, I can't, bl- I, I can't see any possible outcome yeah. of this <laughs> other than my like half joking, like oh, this Call of Duty map is kind of. I happy. think it was. I'm, I'm looking it up now. It's a new Advanced Warfare uh, Singularity map. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, here it is. I'm looking it up now because it says, yeah, we're going back Katorga 12. That was the island. Yeah. And it's, it's a picture RBN of Singularity. 25? What is that hashtag? RBN25. It's their 25th anniversary of. Um, we're going back. Yeah. So they release. It says <laughs> we're going back. Hashtag Katorga 12, which is the island where the game takes place. And then hashtag RVN25, which is Raven's 25th anniversary. 
Maybe Katorga is like a conference room at their studio, and they needed to go back in there. Like, <laughs> there's so many options. It's un- like it's unbelievable. Like, so I don't know. It was just weird. But for other other games um, that I'd love to see come back, I-, I would have to go back. You know, I'm surprised that we haven't seen more Star Tropics at all um, in a long time. Those were weird games, mm-hmm. and um, I'd like to see more Star Tropics. Um, we did a Let's Play for a game called Act Razor, which is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, and they did make a sequel for that, which was a fucking abomination. I would love for I'd love to see them make a real like Act Razor mm-hmm. game. And Act Razor, for people that don't know, is really one of the most brilliant games I think ever in terms of its premise because it is half God Sim, half action game, like half side scrolling action game. There's nothing like it. Um, so I'd love to see them go back and do more of that. Um, and really, the dormant franchise that I would love to see live the most is Final Fantasy Tactics. Mm. Um, yeah. They they made Tactics A and A two, and they were fine. But they were not tactics. They were not, you know, the closest we got really was Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, which was a very late PSP game. There's something special about that game and that formula. And I'm really shocked that they've never gone back mm-hmm. and done more with it. Because I, I would think that could be like annualized and be totally great. Yeah. I think Tactics A is underappreciated because like I actually never played the original Final Fantasy Tactics. Like when I got my Game Boy Advance SP, I just wanted some bullshit to play in class so I didn't have to learn things. Yeah. And A came out and that you could get like 200 hours of gameplay out of that. It and is a good that, game. I, that's what got me into it. Like I played that for like 200 hours in college and that got me to go back to Tactics when War of the Lions came out. So, and even A2, I thought was pretty good. Not quite as good. They are good. They're just different. Like, Tactics, I think, just ha- is deeper. It's a little grittier. Um, I, I, I'm, sh- the Square just surprises me that they just in- continue to not do what is most obvious with their IP. And I, mm. I, so it's a, it's a little weird to me. They'll make three Final Fantasy 13 games that no one really wants, but they'll, they, they, but they'll ignore, <laughs> you know, they'll, and they'll make Dragon Quest into an, into an MMO or something like that. And then they'll release, they'll announce a Dragon Quest Miso game from Omega Force, but they won't, you know, make a real Dragon Quest game. So it's not a huge surprise, but yeah. that, that if they were, like, we're making a Final Fantasy, like, Final Fantasy Tactics 2, like, a real sequel, just like the original Final Fantasy Tactics, I shit my pants. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, I'd be, I'd be so excited. So excited. I feel like there's a lot of games, I mean, we said Onimusha earlier. I would love a new Onimusha. I don't think that'll happen. But there's a yeah. chance, randomly, that it could just come out of nowhere. I would love um, that. I would love that, too. But then I feel like there's a lot of franchises that I don't think are completely out of the realm of possibility. Like, I would love another Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Actually, Tony Hawk's Pro I think Skater. You'll get, I think that'll happen. And, uh, but, I, I mean, I'm saying, like, going back to the two-minute runs, not this open-world stuff, whatever, just, like, really classic Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That Maybe doesn't that. mean anything if they don't get the controls right, because I was so excited about HD, and that did not mm, feel yeah. like Tony Hawk. Have you played it after the patch? No, I didn't know they patched it. They added a, the revert to it. Oh, really? And it totally changes the physics and it definitely feels way more it's not perfect not just on the reaper like they changed the physics on just like landing, on everything like the like it's, or it whatever. totally feels different really? and it feels way more like tony hawk kind of want to go back to it yeah now, it's cause... it's definitely worth going through i okay. replayed the whole game and i was like huh. wow this is so much better okay but i would love a new actual tony hawk game and man crash bandicoot can i please just fucking get a crash bandicoot and i'm, like, I'm talking like the old crash bandicoot games like linear platformers, yep. not freaking mind over mutant bullshit. Yeah, you'll get you'll get cra- you'll get crash, but you're not gonna get that crash. Yeah, I know exactly. And that's the problem. Like, so the the game that I want will never come. Um, also, a sequel to Super Mario Two USA. Oh, I would like that a lot. Really? Yes. Have you beat like the lost levels on All Stars? Yeah. Really? That game is fucking hard. Wait, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that though. I'm talking about uh. Like the Doki Doki Panic. Oh, you're talking about the Doki, the one yeah. that was released here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, like I'm in Lost Levels. That's fucking. Yeah, hard. no, I definitely don't need a sequel. To oh, that. yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, I feel like that was such a unique game. 
and like it's it so is. good, and it's underrated when you compare it to the other Mario games. Everyone loved it until they realized it wasn't a real Mario game, and then there was a lot of I revisionist still love history. No, but there was a lot of we always say a lot of revisionist history with that game. Like that game's kind of come and gone and come and gone. It's the same. A lot of Nintendo franchises are like that. Everyone loves Majora. Like we said before, everyone loves Majora's Mask. But right now, everyone fucking hated Majora's Mask five years ago. I'm so I'm so sick. I, that's my favorite Zelda <laughs> game, and it has been since it came out. Okay. But I so I know screaming from the mountaintops. Nintendo fans are a little fickle with that stuff. Same thing with Wind Waker. Yeah. Wind Waker, the revisionist history around Wind Waker was fucking extraordinary. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I agree with you. Mario 2, I think, deserves more love. And when I was I was expressing this to someone before, Wart's a really interesting character. I'm surprised he's never made it into Smash. <laughs> Is he really a really interesting character? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he's got a piano. He throws vegetables. <laughs> what else do you want? He's an interesting looking character. He's like he's of an, uh, like kind of the ethereal like dream world, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised that they haven't given him more love. Like, I'm really surprised he's not in Smash at some point. Mm. Like, I, I wonder if they tried to work him in. He's, I think he's awesome. I think he's a fucking way more cooler character than than fucking Bowser. And like, I, I, I agree but that. What's this based on? Just based on the way he, based on the way he looks. Like, 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 four seconds he's in <laughs> he has a robe. boss fight. <laughs> well, there's the intro sequence. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. But uh, yeah, I've always, I've always really taken, I've actually taken all those guys like Bowser and all, a lot of those characters. I really enjoy. Well, they're, they're, I, they're cool. I, I think that. Um, I think that there might be a problem. I'm not inqui- entirely sure how far the palette swapping and sprite swapping went in that game. Where I wonder if they can't put Wart in Smash because he's really. I don't not, know. I like, mean, because they got Shy Guys, they got Bird, Birdo, they got all the other motherfuckers. Right, but I wonder. There's there's got to be a reason, right? Like he is he's relevant. I, th- I mean, I think the reason is they just haven't used him in any other Mario game I mean, since. Look at the rest of the bosses that aren't Birdo, which isn't even real, a real boss. Like Flamer, Mouser, all those. Like they're not in there. The, the weird eagle head thing that eats you. Like, yeah, that's not in anything. Yeah, like things I, the turnips are like you said, Shy Guys. Yeah, yeah. I want, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a deeper reason. Here's the smartest thing. I've never really thought. I've never really. I'm thinking about it now, and I never really thought about it. Here's the most genius thing about Mario 2: the albatrosses that toss bombs at you. They're called albatrosses. Oh. Holy shit! That's their name, albatross. That's fucking awesome. The best name in the history of fiction. What? And then the like the the shy guys that are fire are fry guys. Right, right. Yeah. and they're sniffits. Yes, man, God, mm-hmm. they really Nintendo's fucking <laughs> nailing it. But okay, so I would love a sequel to that. They kind of. On the DS had Super Princess Peach, which was like mm-hmm. kind of inspired, but it wasn't really an actual sequel to it. And in a way, you could say the 3D world. I mean, it's you know got the four characters. You're picking up the turnips and throwing them and stuff. Like, well, I'm talking about. I want a 2D. Like, you actually. want to do the Mega Man Nine thing? With yeah. This. Okay. Yeah, 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 gotcha. yeah. Or even like a new Super Mario Bros. Oh, actually, no, forget that. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. <laughs> but the other game that like I would have a couple years ago, damn, probably like ten years ago at this point, been like, man, I'll do anything for a sequel, and I'm never going to get it. Yoshi's Island. Like, that was uh, the one that I'm like, fuck, me, me I too. want this again. And then they did it, and I was like, oh. They did it twice, and both times it sucked. Yeah. They did the new one, which was terrible. The new Yoshi's one New was Island. Horrible. I fucking hate that game. And, and I, I hoped that that would be okay, because Yoshi's Island DS was the first time they tried that. And they at least tried to kind of emulate the art style and stuff. I feel but like the, this one just looks like garbage. But Yoshi's Island DS gets hated on so much. I don't think it's that bad. It's just definitely not that good. The new one's the worst one, for yes. sure. But, yeah, Yoshi's Island DS is nowhere near as good yeah. as the original one. Uh, but I wanted to sequel that so bad. So maybe we shouldn't get sequels to things. It'll just break your fucking heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there any I more, just... Alfredo? No, I mean, those two, I think, would pretty much land it for me. 
Yeah. I, I was with that about Twisted Metal because that's one of my favorite series ever. Like Twisted Metal 2 and Black, yep. are, and the first one too, are among my favorite games of mm-hmm. all time. And so after Black, like when I heard that like Jaffe and Scott Campbell and those guys were doing Eat, Sleep, Play, and they were going to do this big, like, they, that was like the big thing at E3 one year. They came out yeah. in the Sweet Tooth truck. And I was like, yeah. holy shit, they're doing that. this right. And then when I first started getting worried and I saw like all these helicopters. Well, I mean, as soon weird... as the gameplay started, during even then, yeah. like the, the fucking truck came out and we were there. Yeah, we, we were, were freaking the fuck out. Yep. And then they start showing gameplay and we're like, uh-oh. Mm. Yeah. This is, there's only, and you, you don't see the characters, and you have to choose factions. Yeah, and, and the cars like, aren't what? unique to each person. Yeah. It's not like, oh, here's the crazy cab driver in Yellow yeah. Jacket. It's like, no, here's this clown guy, but he can be in a truck, or he can be on a motorcycle. And it's, mm, yeah. This doesn't yeah. seem like Twisted Metal. Yeah. And also something about that genre of gameplay, it's, uh, I think it was a product of its time. Mm-hmm. I It played fine, yeah. but it just didn't strike the same chords as it did back then. Exactly. All right, guys. The final topic for the day is the Kind of Funny Games mailbag. If you have topics that you want to have us discuss on the show, tweet at me, at Tim Gettys. Let me know. Just like at Ratchet and Clank fan did, if you could only play one game for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh. Soul Calibur Dreamcast. Smash Bros. Counter-Strike. Probably. Not to go Counter-Strike. On Xbox? No, I'm mo- I'm moving over to PC, but oh my god, the just, mouse and keyboard players are too good. You poke out for a second, you just get off to like snipe like crazy. No, but it have to be it has to be a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. That's something I just repeatedly do over and over again. But if this is a desert island situation, which I don't know if it's made specific, mm-hmm. you probably don't have an internet connection. So let's go full on desert island. Are we going full on desert island? Yeah. Then Counter Strike's you're fucked. Yeah. No bots. It has bots. <laughs> yeah, it has one point six. CSGO has bots. Oh, okay. So you're going CSGO. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go go. And yeah, even on that with bots. Take my aggression <laughs> out on bots. Um, I'm trying to think of the game that I love the most that is the most playable for the longest period of time. So I would say Civilization Five would be my game. Mm-hmm. Which Good is, you know, obviously. You're sitting there on complete, your desert complete island. Complete obsession. Making a fake civilization. Yeah. As Dreaming. you need to repopulate the new one. Yeah. 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 That's, that's definitely the one. What a game. What a fucking game. Yeah. What was your answer? Probably Soul Calibur. I, no. I think like hours played, I think Soul Calibur and Dreamcast is probably the most I've ever played a game. Mm. Man. Yeah, see, I gotta go with Smash Bros. I gotta play the fucking shit out of that. Um, ask Chris Bartnett says, discuss Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. I don't think there's much of a discussion. It's, it's an easy answer. It's <laughs> the thing. Like, yeah. If you want a hardcore tournament caliber fighting game, Street Fighter is your yeah. game. Yep. If you want a hilarious, awesome game that still plays pretty well with great characters and stupid stories and violence, it's Mortal Kombat. Yeah. yeah. I personally prefer Mortal Kombat because I've never been a tournament caliber fighting game player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love Street I Fighter. It's great. But yeah, Mortal Kombat. See, the thing more for me is even on that level, like just the gameplay of Street Fighter always just made more sense to me. Like Mortal Kombat was always just it's fun to it's more fun to watch people play and it's like ridiculous and over the top and shit. Yeah. But it's just like once you play it, I'm just like I'm I really feel like I'm button mashing in Mortal Kombat. Whereas <laughs> Street Fighter, I'm not good, but at least I understand what I'm doing most of the time. Like the the whole quarter circle system and stuff like that, it makes sense. Yeah. The fatalities and shit. I'm like, nah, I don't want to fucking memorize button combos and all that. I know. For me, when I usually, I when I usually play games, I'm like, I want to be good at it. But when it comes to the fighting genre, I'm just like, I've accepted the fact that I'm just never going to understand it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I go with Mortal Kombat because then I'm just like, all right, like all that is just taken off. Like I just want to play the game. I just want to have fun with it. Like here's are char- here's characters that I actually like really love, which is like Scorpion, Sub Zero, and stuff like that. And of course, the fatalities are awesome. 
Also, I, I love that this is a relevant question in 2015. Yeah. That Holy makes me shit. so happy. This is like a 1993 <laughs> yeah. question, and it's still it's relevant. Still a thing. Fuck yes. That's My awesome. My God. I love how Mortal Kombat X is just like every fucking week. Here's a new character. Here's a new character. It's like, holy shit. How many characters are there? Oh, that's now the, if someone quits, their yeah. head blows up. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good. Yep. And that's the awesome thing about like, I'm usually not a fighting game person, but that's the awesome thing. I, I like I get the hype with fighting games, and they have the ability to just like, all right, well, here's a new character, and here's mm-hmm. a new character, and like they can really just slowly. They have the ability to just slowly like give you a little bit here and there. And it's well, amazing. And also, I think they do a really good job, and it's it's obnoxious, but when they don't reveal the character that you play as, and you're just like, I'm buying this shit if Ermac's not in it. Like, fuck this shit. <laughs> but then it's like once a couple Someone months up. in, when they like re- when they announce that he's coming in, you're just like. You fucking sold me. I'm going to buy it now. Ermac is your go-to. All right. Let's go to Heat 55 Wade, who wants to know, what's the most innovative game you've ever played? I'd go with Mirror's Edge. Innovative. I mean, Uh, Super Mario Bros. Innovative? Maybe Fez? Mm, Fez did some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really like, I was trying that. to decipher an alphabet with notebook paper while I played that game. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, no game does that. Innovative. I gotta say, it's, like... Wii Sports, I'm, probably? Wii, Wii Sports? Yeah. That's yeah. valid, yeah. Yeah. I mean, mine's not that, like... It's, mine's weird. Like, I've always been, like, a multiplayer FPS type person. It's only now that I'm getting into other games, like, you know, H1Z1 or, like, Bloodborne. But, uh... When Splinter Cell Pandora Tomorrow released their multiplayer, Spies vs. Mercs, to me that was mind-blowing because it was two different sides and it was first person versus third person. And that was just very interesting. And it all worked out beautifully well. And it just you just have these little intricate things where each side had different sets. Um, like if you're a spy, you can shoot a camera and you can listen into uh, the Mercs conversation if they're nearby. Um, if you if you knock down a spy, you could talk to the mer. Uh, if you knock if you're a merc, you knock down the spy. You could talk to the spy. Uh, if you're a spy, you could like grab the merc from behind, get intel from him. Like it was just this very weird, new, amazing take on multiplayer, and I really liked it. I thought it was fun. See, for me, I think uh, most innovative. That's such a hard question, but like what sprung to mind for me, Guitar Hero was one of them because yeah. that just yeah. like, changed the game for so much shit. Uh, but Mario Galaxy, just in the sense of it took something that I'm so used to, platforming. I played so many Mario games. And then all of a sudden, like, what's the most important thing about platforming? Physics. They just fucked with the physics in a way that kept it, that made it so much more interesting than it's ever been. And, like, it was so creative, and it's Nintendo, so it's the creative uses of these new physics and all this crazy shit. And uh, that's an innovation that, like, was so impressive to me in the sense that they were just like, man, how are we going to make another Mario good? Let's do this. You know, I don't think they could ever do that again. I made Kevin's little brother cry. That's true. <laughs> Playing that game. <laughs> Back when his little brother was like eight years old, this motherfucker takes the Wii and starts shooting all of his star bits away. And he's like, my star bits! Pretty good trolling there. He started crying and I was just like, I couldn't stop. It was too fun. Oh, man, that was actually, great. Actually, now that I think about it, I think my answer would definitely be the first Metal Gear Solid. Because mm. uh, I remember like reading the instruction manual before I played it, and it, just reading the manual blew my mind. Like 
you can press circle to tap against the wall and distract them and they'll walk over and you can sneak around and they'll follow your footsteps and you can snap their necks from behind and then when you play it and the music and the voice acting and you know everyone talks about like oh it's like playing a movie like that was the first time it ever felt like that yeah. the voice acting was up to par the music was I love the fucking story and then all the shit you can do to the guards and everything like mm-hmm. it did so many different things that no video game had come mm. close to doing before 98 yeah so I, I think that's definitely Greg always says like that was the game that like made games mature like for adults yeah and it was no longer a toy it was like a real adult experience which is funny to think about considering how fucking weird that series is yeah exactly it's adult the one where the guy poops his pants in every game yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right so sean williams wants to know the day dan got the guinness world record so i don't know what he's talking about i'm gonna ask you what Guinness World Record do you have? I got two Guinness World Records, yes, and based on what I know of you, Tim, and your interests, mm-hmm. I think you, these might interest you. Good. First okay. one I did was, well, first of all, I worked at Game Informer, and they sent us the Gamers Edition of the Guinness Book World Records. And we're thinking, like, I want, a, I want a Guinness World Record. That sounds like a cool thing to have. So I flipped through, and I looked at all the categories and stuff. And so many of them are like, uh, you know, like Billy Mitchell shit. Like, you know, here's the top Galaga score or whatever. And it's like, ah, I don't want to put the time Not in. Not like, happen. That's crazy. All these Twin mm-hmm. Galaxy guys that are super obsessed with it and, like, studying frames and all this stuff. So I figure, like, well, I could do a marathon. So uh, the fighting game marathon was a bunch of guys had done Smash Brothers for 27, 26 hours, I think. And so I set up a thing at Game Informer. We did a live stream. And so I set the longest fighting game marathon for Smash Brothers. We played Brawl. Uh, for 30 straight hours. That's fucking awesome. And it was it was great. It was awesome. And then after that, it went so well. We, we loved it. We streamed it. It was just so much fun the whole time. Um, the longest Mario marathon. Because that's like my favorite series ever, pretty much. Um, I played Mario games for 50 straight hours. 50 hours! Holy. So I beat... So, so the rules were... And I had Guinness people fly out to Game Informer to like watch and officiate over and make sure it was all official and streamed it out. And I beat, I got 120 stars on Mario 64, because that was one of the only Mario games I had, like, fully 100%ed. Um, so I did that on Mario 64. I could play any game with Mario in the title. So if I wanted to, I could pop in Mario Kart or something. Uh, but I beat Mario RPG in one sitting. Holy shit. So, yeah, Mario 64 took about 20 hours of that. Uh, Mario RPG took, I think, 24 straight hours. And then I had six other hours that I think... Wait, sorry, how long did 64 take? 64 took 20 hours. RPG took 24. So that put me at 44. So I had six hours where I kind of dinked around. Like, I think I might have done a quick run through Mario World. I think I played a little bit of Mario Kart. But uh, it was the large bulk of it was 64 in RPG. But yeah, 50 straight hours of Mario games. My God. Yeah. Wow. That record standing. The fighting game marathon one uh, got broken. But uh, yeah, still the Mario one. Longest That's Mario marathon. Awesome. I got it. Yeah. So what does that mean? Like, did you get to take pee breaks? Yeah, so breaks? they, uh, at least when I did it, this was a couple years ago, the rule was with any marathon with Guinness, for every hour you play, you accrue 10 minutes. Mm. So it had to be a thing where it had to be like 60 un- uninterrupted minutes. So you couldn't go like 90 minutes and then pee and then go back and get your second hour. You had to make sure, like, time your pee is with the 60 minute marks. Otherwise, you're just burning away extra minutes or whatever. You could also do shit where you're like accruing stuff. So it's like, if I play for 10 hours, I've accrued, what is that, 110 minutes? Yeah. Or 100 minutes, so like an hour or 40 or whatever. Really? Yeah. So, that sounds like some cheap bullshit. Well, so that's the thing is, like, we did it with a group. So, like, the second one I organized, I we did six records at once. So, like, one friend did the Metal Gear or Stealth Marathon by playing all the Metal Gear games. 
you know, one did the open world marathon with GTA. We did like RPG with Skyrim or whatever. So we set up this huge thing. I streamed the whole thing out. It was, it was this huge ordeal. It was awesome. That's but, fucking awesome. Yeah, it, it, it was, so it was a blast. It was so much fun and streaming like having the chat up on the screens and everything and doing giveaways and shit. It, it's a blast. It's great. Are you doing this again? Yeah, I always would. I, I always said I would. Um, it, it's kind of tough. Here's the hardest part about doing it is finding people that want to do it is not difficult. Like, I can already tell the way you're asking me questions. Yeah. You would totally do this. Oh, yeah. This sounds like something we should do. Here is what the pain in the ass is, is you have to have two witnesses the entire time, like, keeping logs of your, uh, your stuff. one. Well, that's the thing. is like, sometimes if you've got friends that are willing to sit in for the long haul, that helps a lot. So mm-hmm. I have this friend, John Carson, who sat in for most of it. But, I mean, these people are not getting Guinness records. They're not playing video games. They have to keep logs. It's, it's very unglamorous, and you're just kind of sitting there. Yeah. It's cool. You're bullshitting with your friends and stuff and having a good time. But when you're trying to fill 50 hours, so, I mean, that's 100 man hours. Yeah. you need two witnesses. That's hard. You've got Google calendars and stuff. You've got to make sure everyone's yeah. there. Like, you've got to arrange for food and stuff. Like, there's all these little things you don't think about. Hmm. It, two, it all has to be recorded. Can the two people witness multiple things yeah so like let's say you got a buddy who's like okay i'll be here for six hours on monday and then i'll come back on tuesday for eight hours you can do that yeah it it takes a lot of organizing but you know i i loved it i had a blast doing it. man that's all so what do you get when you get a world record you get a certificate uh you get your your picture and your name in the book and everything um that's so cool yeah it's super fun and it's just it's such a dumb fucking bragging point that like my my twitter bio or whatever i can be like guinness world record holder fuck that's so cool yeah yeah man i'm I love that you did Smash Bros. and Mario. That's the yeah, coolest fucking thing I knew thing as soon as you asked that, I was like, yeah. this sounds up Tim's alley. Holy shit, that's great. All right, I don't know what this is, but 311 Phillies wants to know, Dan, describe what it was like to play Super Mario Advance 3 on a roller coaster. Ah, uh, yes, that was uh, one of the first ideas I had when I came to Giant Bomb is I like doing stupid shit, and, and I like doing like dumb stunty shit a lot of the time, and so I called up Six Flags, and I said, like, hey, I work for this website where we talk about video games and do videos and stuff. Can we come in when your park is closed and strap a bunch of cameras to ourselves and to your roller coaster and see how many times, see who can get farther in Mario 3 while your craziest roller coaster goes around and around and around and around, you know, until one of us pukes or gives up or has to stop? So I talked to Jeff Gersman, my boss, into doing it. So if you search, like, Giant Bomb Roller Coaster on YouTube, you'll see it. And so we got, uh, we downloaded Mario 3 on our 3DSs. We set up two wristbands for it so it wouldn't fly away. Also, taped two them. wristbands. Yeah. Also, we taped we taped the three DSs to our hands. We had GoPros on our chest, GoPros on the seats in front of us. I talked Six Flags and letting us go before the park opened, and we went on the Medusa roller coaster up here in Vallejo. Yeah. And it's it's a pretty crazy. It's an awesome roller coaster. And so I told Jeff like, yeah, here's the deal. It's whoever stays on the longest, whoever gets farther in Mario three before you give up, like. It's not necessarily who's on the longest. So let's say I went around three times and I got off and he goes five, but he wasn't as far as me. I win. You're still it's win. just whoever gets farther in it. And I wound up getting to the castle in World 1. And I think Jeff lost all of his lives and he also gave up after three, I think, and I went five. Or he did four and I did five. And uh, there was really close to being vomit on that video. Mm. Um, but yeah, I would recommend YouTubing it. It's one of my favorite That's great. Dumb projects that sounds like the coolest fucking thing. Oh, man. I have a lot of dumb ideas like that. All right. <laughs> Damien Maher wants to know, day one patches, are they the worst? Yes. Mm. Yes. They're ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, I they're think absolutely that, ridiculous. I think that it's you know it's good that they're, they're fixing the problems, but it's like those things should have been fixed before. Yeah, stop releasing your games when they're broken. Everyone's fucking tired of it. Yeah. They are yeah. the worst. They're the I'm total sure. worst. And it's starting to starting to rubber band on, on a lot of developers and publishers. People are getting tired of it. You can't blame them. Cody Bernstein wants to know, what mechanics and games would you like to see go away? 
And what would you like to see come back? I don't think we got enough mileage out of the active reload stuff from Gears. I thought that was a pretty cool system. I like that. Yeah, I agree. Active reload was cool. Um, yeah, similarly, I mean, with Helldivers, I think one of the cool things that they're doing is, like, the, the, the reload with it, it, it's it, just the idea generally as we're saying of reloading where if you have five bullets left in your clip and you reload they're gone you know like because i'm so used to reloading after every shot in a game like uh. call of duty um that you know in a game like hell divers if you have 20 bullets and you use two of them you have 18 left and you reload those 18 bullets would disappear they disappear forever because mm-hmm. they're in the cart that you threw away and that makes that makes sense so I like those kind of the things that are harder and more grueling. I, I like a lot. Going back and playing the Mega Man games on Twitch reminded me, even though I could see those games in my fucking sleep, um, games just aren't hard in that way anymore. They're hard in ways like Bloodborne's hard or something like that, but they're not hard in that that way where you feel like you can really master and memorize mm-hmm. a game. I don't like weapon degradation, weapons oh, breaking yeah. and stuff. That's just yeah. not a fun mechanic no. that doesn't add anything to a game ever. Nope. Yeah, no, no, no. Nick Dying Light, he hated that. He just couldn't deal yeah. with it. Um, I think you're going to like this one, Colin. Nico the Torque wants to know, what game studios do you think will take off in the next few years? Um, I think you're going to see the big things from Housemark. I've been saying that for a long time. I think they're probably, I've said it many times, on the record, I think they're the most underrated developer in the entire industry. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and uh, let's see, who else? Um, I'd like to see Sony Bend get, Kind of more triple the more triple A recognition um, that I think they they probably deserve, and I think you know we'll see what their next game is and if they're able to do that. And I think you know outside of that kind of uh, Nintendo ecosystem, I think you're going to see a lot, the rise of a lot of smaller indies. I think that um, you know what Steve Gaynor is doing in those guys. I think you know um, at Fulbright, I think you're going to see big things out of them and them get bigger. I think you're going to see guys like Hello Games become bigger. I think. Um, you know, some of these smaller indie-centric studios that are, I think, becoming bigger than indie are, are, is going to be kind of the new movement. So those particular types of studios. Mm-hmm. Indie creates concept. Those kinds of guys. Cool. At Andorus wants to wants us to discuss the Kojima-Konami nonsense. What does there to say, really? I don't it's think so we have, weird, man. I don't think we have a lot of information. Yeah, I don't think it's that it's weird. Like, I, I, like I've said, I said on Colin and Greg when Greg and I were on, like... Kojima can go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. The person, the, the 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 organization that's to be very afraid of a Kojima-less future is Konami, who has very little of any consequence mm-hmm. in their in their roster. Like they're in a, they're going to be in a lot of trouble um, in the next few years. I think to be perfectly perfectly blunt. See, my question with this is: is this some weird Kojami bullshit? Is like, is this some not Kojami? No, like Kojami. I think Kojami should be a thing. Kojima shit, where he's just like, is this a fabricated like? Planned publicity thing. I, I think when it comes down to it, when you're seeing like official like business memos talking about like director appointments moving around and stuff, that's not his style. His is a little more obvious and broad. Like Joaquin Mogren from Moby Dick Studios, who's got bandages all over his face, is making this game that's totally not Metal Gear. Like it's not like this more subtle thing. Like this reeks of like a real thing. Yeah, yeah, man. And I'd be way more upset about that if there was more story to be told in Metal Gear, Mm -hmm. but since 4 wrapped up everything going forward and 5 is going to bring everything up and close the gap, then that story is complete and I Mm -hmm. loved it all. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if we never saw what happened after 2, I'd be fucking pissed, but we Uh did. We did. And it was wacky and awesome. Ironically, they were hiring for another Metal Gear game, so it's like... I I don't know, man. The the bigger thing for me is, you know, I said it with Amy Hennig, like, when she left Naughty Dog, I can't imagine the opportunities that were given to her. She's writing a Star Wars game. She can, she could have done whatever she wanted. Anything. Yeah. Kojima could demand anything he wants from any number of publishers and get it. 
Konami is in bad shape. I am just, I am going to say it now. Like, they are in bad shape. Like, they don't have anything. They ran Castlevania into the ground. Metal Gear is about to come out. They have PES, and that's basically it. So, like, I have no idea how they even survive without starting to make some some new games over the next few years. I'm super interested to see what happens to them. But Just open up a bunch more health clubs in Japan. Yeah, that yeah, that's, <laughs> that is a thing over there. Like they better they better get cracking on a new Castlevania game mm-hmm. that people actually want to play because I can't imagine that Metal Gear Six or whatever is going to be ready anytime yeah. before 2025. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Star Wars games, Zach Fox wants to know what do you think Battlefront is going to be like? Do you think it'll live up to two? Battlefront is yeah. a multiplayer-centric Star Wars game. I, I think that I might have been completely wrong about this because I was... I've been saying forever that there's no way that game's coming out this year. And I still don't really believe it's coming out this year. But... Because I, I kept saying to people, like, I feel like there's an Episode Seven game being made by some studio that will be a movie game and they'll release that and then Battlefront will be out when it's out. But it seems like they're saying themselves that it's going to be out this year. Mm. Um, but I, you know, it'll be a multiplayer kind of fucking hectic game that captures a lot of the essence of those great Star Wars moments. Hoth and Endor and all those kinds of things. I think it's going to be interesting. Did you get into Battlefront at all, Alfredo? A little bit, not too much. Are you excited yeah. for this one? I am. I mean, what you know, it's a Star Wars game, so what's you know, how can you not be excited about it? Yeah. But I'm just waiting to see. Like, it's, I just want to see like more yeah. before I can really start judging. Definitely. Uh, Grant Rand wants to know about game franchises. He's, wow. Game franchises you want to see make a comeback. We already kind of went into that. Let's go on to... Aaron Mayberry, does nostalgia play too big a factor when thinking of best games ever? Are old games overrated? Definitely. No, I disagree. I don't think I don't. I think nostalgia can be a factor, but I don't think it has to be a factor. Again, we talked about. I, mean, I hate bringing it up again, but like the, when I played those Mega Man games, like those Mega Man games are fucking masterclasses in gameplay. No one does those games like that. Like no one, no one makes a game that controls like that, that feels like that, that teaches you like those games teach you without a fucking word spoken. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, nostalgia does take over sometimes. We remember, we over remember games, but there are games that were made back in the day. Like Mario Brother, Mario One is a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece, and and nothing. Time is never going to erase or change what that game is and what it means and how it plays. In my opinion, I think nostalgia plays more of a role, specifically in like the thirty two sixty four bit era. Yeah, because everyone was trying to figure out how to do three D still, and those have not aged that great from a gameplay perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I talk about my experiences with Metal Gear Solid. I think it would be almost impossible to replicate that for some 12-year-old today who's used to games that control a lot better. Yeah. But that same 12-year-old could go back and play the Mega Mans or play Mario World or Mario 3 or Link to the Past. Those right. games control great. They look great. Yep. So it's era-dependent. Mm-hmm. Ask Dan what his favorite game of all time is. Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, without a doubt. Good, good answer. Then final question from Tyson Pellegrini. Are guides cheating? I think you're mm-hmm. cheating yourself of the proper experience of a game. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are. I mean, it's just like if that's the experience that you want, that's fine. I don't think cheating is the right word. Cheating is yeah. using codes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and also, you don't have to use, like, if you buy a guy, it's not like you have to sit there and use the whole entire thing. Yeah. You don't know? just follow it word for yeah. word. If, if, you're, if you're beating your head against the wall at a certain part, go to the guide, look at it. You know what I mean? I think if you're buying a guide or going online and just following it from the beginning to the end, then you are really robbing yourself that experience. But, like, 
you know, when I was playing through Majora's Mask again, I wanted to get all the masks and get the Fierce Deity Mask. And there were ones where I was like, how the fuck do I get that like stone mask thing? Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't quite remember. And then, yeah, they can be very useful for those type of things. Yeah. I just wouldn't recommend following them. to Like, if somebody's playing Bloodborne, mm-hmm. I think you'd rob yourself of that experience if you were just following everything. Because part of that game is discovering Figuring how it, out. it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. No, for sure. Uh, Colin, you are a big writer of guides. Yeah, I wrote 94 strategy guides. The, the, uh, the, there's a difference between guide and walkthrough, and I don't use walkthroughs typically unless there's like a part I just don't understand. But as a guy who likes trophies and collectibles and like completing games and 100%ing games, I use guides all the time because like they're like when I play Call of Duty, for instance, I'm not using a walkthrough to get through it, but I have like a guide open that tells me like where all the collectibles are, and I and I yeah. I read ahead and I'm like, okay, this is telling me to like look for this building, and this is telling me to like look for this restaurant or whatever. And then so when I get to that building, I'm like, all right, now I need to find the collectible, and I run around and get it, and then so on and so forth. But I'm not like reading it between the lines or whatever. It's just that's me maximizing my time in the mm-hmm. sense like I don't have fucking time to play this game again. I'm not going to play it yeah. again, so I want to get all the collectibles like right now. Um, so with that kind of stuff, um, whether I was platinum, remember me or random ass games, I always have a guide if there are collectibles to find, cause I don't want to, I'm not looking, I'm not going to look for them. Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen, yeah. but I don't use walkthroughs. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I agree. I agree with Dan that there's something about figuring it out unless you get stuck and then you, and you go there to use it. But yeah, I never really understood the whole idea as a writer of guides back in the day. I never really understood the idea of using it from like cradle to grave as it were in a game. It doesn't really mm-hmm. make any sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, that has been the first and last ever episode 13 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Let us let us know in the comments uh, answers to any of the things we talked about. Really, I'll respond to all of them personally. That's not true, but I'll respond to it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dan, for coming through. Thank you so much, Alfredo, for coming through. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to have you back many, 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 yeah. many more times. And until next time, I love you.